0: I'd watch the practice with none, none of, of my friends. friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends.
1: But I'm out of practice.
0: With your host, Keith Barney. And out of practice.
2: Mike and Diglio. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Way back yeah, in high school, right. most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. Oh,
0: oh, oh, for free, for years, you got to watch us dance during the opening. Now you have to pay to watch me fiddle with dials.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Out
3: of
0: and welcome to the Out of Practice podcast, a weekly <laughs> podcast in which me, Keith Marney, and my buddy Mike Deglio discuss David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. This week, we are all the way up to season eight, episode eighteen, "The Case Against Alan." Sure. Uh, Big episode. Mike, how you doing? I'm good,
2: Keith. I have so many uh, little quality of life updates that I want to share that are so inconsequential because this just in, uh, on a podcast where we discuss the rule of law and the justice system and the system that uh, (sighs) we're all supposed to just sort of... uh, You know, sometimes on this show, Keith, we have... uh, been critical maybe of the the stretching of the uh, the way, the, the unilateral power that some of the judges have and some of the mm-hmm. things that take place. And it turns out that maybe a show about just how malleable the <laughs> justice system and the rules mm-hmm. that control it are is not yeah. so far-fetched at all. And I don't want to get on our soapbox because it's a whole different podcast. But, uh, yeah.
0: No, obviously, uh, we are recording this on June 25th, 2022, uh, about 24 hours after Roe versus Wade was overturned uh, by the Supreme Court. So, uh, obviously, a really big deal in our country... Um, with wide ranging consequences, consequences that, you know, cause it is a legal podcast. Like I think it's appropriate to talk about, um, you know, might have much larger consequence. I mean, I mean, let me be clear. This isn't a gigantic consequence for, uh, the entire country, whether or not you live in a state which had had a trigger ban or not. Um, it's, you know, for all people who are, uh, who are women of childbearing age or not, or or anybody else of, <laughs> capable of bearing children or anybody who cares about them. It's a really big freaking deal. Uh, but beyond that, you know, written in um, the opinion is the groundwork for overturning many other rights, uh, including um, gay marriage, contraception, um Who knows how far they're going to go. And, you know, this sounds like hyperbole, but if you'd asked us five years ago, overturning Roe v. Wade, oh, that's just hyperbole. That's ridiculous. They would never do that. And um, clearly, you know, the erosion of any rights, right, is unprecedented. Uh, from the Supreme Court level that's not the way the arc of history bends the arc of history does not bend towards taking rights away it bends towards giving you more rights and so this is a very sobering time to be uh, To be here to be in this country to be interested in the law to have to care about it to care about the people that it affects and uh, Yeah, it's a pretty uh, pretty sobering day today Um
2: yeah, I, I, I found not... it interesting because I was having a, a philosophical debate with a colleague about how – how is uh, and I guess their basic point, and I'm not attempting to relitigate this with you. I'm just expressing uh, a, the opinion was that, well, it can't hurt sending anything back to the states. All they're doing is sending it back to the states, hmm. which with a very broad brush is true. But the issue then becomes much more complicated. As I tried to enumerate these reasons, was that well, when you get to the state level, the state legislatures, when you get to gerrymandered districts, and you get to the fact that uh, voting is not uh, very easy for many low low income poor neighborhoods, the disenfranchisement goes, disenfranchisement goes way back. It's 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 a it's much more complicated, right? We can't. Some of these things in 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 talking points. So, listen, it, it, it's difficult. I will say this, as it pertains to the podcast. Uh, the thing I found that if we had seen it on the show, that would have strained credulity and lost oopsie tires, Keith. It yeah. would have been the majority opinion of the Supreme Court, which. Refer to A six to three. Yeah, ret- not even just five to four. Which used as legal precedent, which called into the ether legal precedents from well into the early 1800s. I mean, we're talking going back in the wayback machine. So you're using yeah. as as justification for your for your ruling the mindset of slave owners in the early 1800s, right? It's- well, well, my you know, Michael, I I, I think you have.
0: Uh, Put your finger on it, right? Because, you know, the the discussion you're having, oh, send it back to the states, right? Because uh, what could that possibly hurt? All right, some states want to have more freedoms than other states, and why don't we just let the states decide? I believe we fought a civil war over that because uh, half of us wanted to send it back to the states whether or not we can own people, and the other half were like, you know what? Maybe no state should be able to do that. And, uh, maybe. and maybe, and so when people, you know, like the states' rights argument, you realize what that's from. That's from the Civil War. States' rights came out of the Confederacy. That is where, when when you make that point, that's really what you're making, uh, even if you don't know it. So, now,
2: Keith, can I make maybe, hmm. quite possibly, the worst? Oh, can you make an awkward
0: transition of all time? Yes. Ooh, what is what would be the most awkward way to transition? Well, out it would definitely white
2: privilege, and here we go on that same very same day, Keith. Do you know what arrived in the mail for me? An Amazon purchase.
0: <laughs> let, let, it, does it relate to to a certain feline
2: situation nope, or just nope, nope, techno? Nope. Okay, all right. A bidet attachment for my toilet. My brother has been uh, swearing to the heavens that I must a- adopt this technology. Now, granted, Europe has been with this for years, and I've resisted. Oh, yes. So whatever, there was a flash sale on Amazon, $25. Picked it up, Keith. Mm-hmm. 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 Learn. I'm gonna just leave it here. Learning curve? <laughs> Three minutes. Three-minute learning curve. Impact to personal life going forward? 99 out of 100 percent.
0: Yeah, I have to say uh, I, I I went to uh, went to college with a lot of Mormons. I uh, I've, we, I've had Jehovah's Witness folks show up in my house many many times, uh, political advocates, people who care passionately at things. but I have never met any subgroup of people who proselytize more aggressively than bidet owners. Uh, well, I so, mean, yeah. I'm he, telling you what. Speaking speaking of who might meet a bidet, uh, the the little uh, the dog I have sitting next to me has been farting up a storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this entire pod, we just got started, and I'm, I
2: I, I took her out. Seconds if before you I walked like in to record. The scratch and sniff version of this podcast, you're gonna have to join us on Patreon. Um, no, Keith, I'm just gonna leave it. The, there's yeah. one thing about like doing your due diligence after you use the restroom and, and getting cleaned up. Mm-hmm. However, being able to do so and feeling like you just took a shower, like feeling that clean without having to use any toilet paper, the, the impact to the environment alone, let alone <laughs> the savings, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. If you get a package yeah. from me, know <laughs> what it is. You know what you I sent not- you. You are not even the first
0: person who has said they're going to mail me one. They're so excited about it. That's I don't know who
2: else to tell, so I'm telling the internet. So
0: so in this in this world in which rights are being taken away, there are threats to our democracy, our environments, our freedoms. There's Mike one thing does that is not to have to wipe his own ass. <laughs> <laughs> no? Mike's like wiping. Why should I have to do that? Hey,
2: you know what? I thought it was going to be a little uh-huh. more uncomfortable, a little more to learn, but nope. It was pretty, pretty <laughs> nice. Anyway, Keith. Filings <laughs> and Filings
4: and
0: Filings and Oh, my God. Filings and
2: we have a doozy today. We have a
0: doozy today. And and boy, uh, let me say, like, in, in, in perhaps the... Uh, the criticism of this show, and maybe what makes the show great is we are a wide-ranging podcast. Mm-hmm. So we have we have covered a lot of ground. Already. Um Already. Already. And uh, last week, uh, you mentioned a story from your mom uh being very upset about some of the uh some of the junk emails. No that junk she emails had direct from Wells Fargo, Keith. From B- Wells Fargo. Uh, was, was sending her It wasn't the deposit
2: slip she was expecting.
0: No, no, it was not. So uh, one of our, our good friends and moderators uh, went in search of a deposit slip of another sort and uh, wrote us, guys, I am so pissed. This is, of course, Phoenix Cage. Guys, I am so pissed. I just set up an account at Wells Fargo today and they haven't emailed me
2: any porn.
0: <laughs> so... Uh, Zing! That's very funny. It was very
2: funny. I got a great chuckle <laughs> from that.
0: Well played, sir. Well played. Uh, yeah. Wells Fargo. Where's my porn? I haven't gotten any either, so it's a bummer. But you want to know? Uh, who? I, I don't know what the. Tra- I don't. I, I don't have a transition for this. I usually have some. I well, don't know how to transition. You think
2: we could take our criticisms of Alan Shore to the bank? But mm. unfortunately, we have an objection. Oh no! Oh, we you read to, this? Oh. oh no! I forgot to read it. On set did it on red. you Damn
0: mark it. it red? All right. You know what? Your punishment is now. You have to read it because I don't know it exists because somebody oh, marked the, it. Yeah, red. that's my
2: fault. That's my bad. So I'll do it live. Uh.
0: Yeah. No. That's a hundred percent. Which is good. I'm glad you had a better transition because I was going to go into the Patreon, but I'm I'm glad I couldn't I could not figure out a way to navigate from uh, emailed porn from Wells Fargo to the Patreon. So. There there it is. That's the type of professionalism. Well, uh while Mike is looking up
2: that I got information. It. I got it. You got it. Never mind. Go, Mike. All right. Well, Keith, you'll never uh you'll never guess who wrote in, even though I just teed it up. Our 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 buddy Matthew. Uh Mateus oh, Matthew yes. Matt, as I've Matt. come to know him, uh he comments on that. This is his email verbatim. I don't want to mess with it at all because it is, all right. it is pretty funny. I can't wait. I can't wait. You'll you'll remember, Keith, that we last episode, episode season eight, episode 17, we went in hard on Alan yeah. Shore yet again.
0: But our resident Alan Shore, BFF and defender, Alan Shore's true attorney, Matt, let's see what he had to
2: say. He says, <clears throat> Denny Crane. <laughs> One of your four pronunciations of Matthias is quite right. But Matt, Matt, I correctly assumed, was easier. You guys keep sucking up to Eugene. My God. Why does Alan care about being fired? Hmm, let's see. Maybe because he wasn't paid accordingly? This is the most obvious and understandable reason. Maybe for not having received any recognition for his talent as a lawyer. He received only criticism, only sanctimonious speeches, and from fellow superiors who never acted doubtfully outside the law, in hard quotes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The rant against Alan's prank on Tara is very funny and sad at the same time, from a non-American liberal perspective. Hey, you two would be great human resource colleagues at the firm, exclamation point. (laughs) 6.8? 5.6? All right, whatever. The next episode will be fun for me. Seatbelts are fastened, but the car has no <laughs> brakes. Enjoy the ride while you can, Denny Crane. Denny Crane, well, enjoy the ride while you can. If that's not a threat, <laughs> Woo!
0: all right. No, no, I, no, I, and and all of those points, well taken. Mm-hmm. Well taken. Uh, I will say this though, uh, if Alan is expecting an out of boy. For the money that he brought in illegally they should like most of that money came from that settlement uh where he extorted the law firm right there's seven million i think at least like five or six of that came from actual literal extortion which i would assume that legally they're not even entitled to because you know money taken from extortion can't possibly you know, be you're legally entitled to keep. So if you want an attaboy it's like it's like if I if I robbed a bank, right? And then I brought the money to the KME Empire and you're like, wow, you just implicated me in a crime. And I'm like, where's my attaboy? Look at all this money I got us.
2: Um, yeah. I would say the where I'll agree the most is I don't because I don't think he actually cares about as as egocentric as he is, I don't actually think he cares about getting a uh, a congrats from anybody on the firm the the fiscal concern i think is is interesting because they don't get into the weeds of it thus far yeah. Gr- granted yes i mean on a purely uh uh eth- ethical level yes you shouldn't expect money from illegal acts but regardless i think i think matt's point is that the firm sure took the goddamn money so, well, and and he didn't no, get and, his and, proportional, his and, and it, it, clearly they're using it in the court case, so they must be willing to, yeah, to say that it. they have it. So, so and they offered him two weeks severance, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So that no, is a slap I, in the I, face. So I can see, it, it, but does that burn it all down? I don't know. It's,
0: well, no, I I, th- I think that is entirely fair. I, I think if Alan had a a true argument, it's that, if he's bringing in all of that money he should have been made partner or they should have fired
2: him yep right
0: and that and and if they were going to fire him they probably shouldn't have taken all of that money so uh
2: the narrative I mean, disconnect for me and i think we've tried to enumerate it and, and i can i think i can be a little more succinct this week is that they for seven seasons have showed us regardless of our ethical in and outside of the lines i'm going to put that aside for a second they've showed us being pretty great at our job for the most part. Like we've handled some sweet cases. We've had some great wins. We've taken down some big villains. <clears throat> we've won a lot of cases. But yeah. in this season, they've made it, they flipped it such that it seems like Alan's the only good lawyer and he's the only guy who's winning and he's so much, hes he's been so superior uh, in with litigation than anybody else. Mostly because I haven't shown anything else. So- right. Now this narrative is that, oh, I've been bringing in all the money. I'm the biggest breadwinner. I'm winning all the cases. Like that's because we haven't explored what else is happening. And so that's no, but the narrative we, disconnect. We do
0: know – I mean narratively that's true. We do know the actual dollars and cents that he has brought in like 70 percent of all of the firm's money. So uh, so yeah, I mean I, I, think, I think definitely we reached a point in the process by which they're like – we're going to take your money and you should be a partner and get your fair share of that. Or we should fire you and not take your money. What, what our if, if our heroes did something wrong, if Eugene did something running wrong, it was, I'm going to take your money and fire you. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, that was the thing that I think Eugene did wrong. Um, uh, but, you know, it's a slippery slope. Like, you you gave him more rope than he should have. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you brought in money while he was being given a second chance. Right. So he was being given a second and third chance. And while he did that, he brought in money. So if I'm doing you a favor by not firing you before, I, I don't know. It gets, it's a little murky. I get it.
2: Now, I'm going to, the next thing we'll quickly, I want to briefly just touch on. I don't. I really don't want to get into the weeds on it. Because I think it's totally fair to <clears throat> watch the the interaction between he and Tara with the drink and blah 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 blah, and mm. it's it's a very slice of life moment. We don't know the larger context. We can assume you one could assume, and it seems Matt did here, uh, that it's part of the flirty flirt, right? That, that it's part of the game they're playing and and whatnot. I think the point Keith and I are trying to make is that we're at a a different place about our position and our ability now in media, across media, to to portray things properly. And I guess the point we were making is that it didn't age well. I think. Yeah. Well, and you know what it's I mean? it's. It was played like, for a joke, as he mentioned, a prank. He used a great term. He played it. He called it a prank. Yeah. I think that's how it was written. I think it's how it was portrayed. And I think it doesn't hold up to scrutiny today. I
0: think no, no uh, No, no, for sure. And and particularly so because it was inherently and by intentionally sexualized. It wasn't a prank like I'm going to feed Mike some laxatives, right? Wouldn't it's, be a problem,
2: like, Keith, because I got that
0: bidet. Ready you got go. that bidet. Not a problem. Not a problem. Uh, but yeah, it's it is it's just it's a different thing. It's a different thing. It's a different thing this this day and age. And well, it was always a different thing, but now we finally have an awareness that uh no, you you can't cause me, folks. Uh, even if it's a prank, it, it's 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 not fun anymore. Yep. And never was.
2: So uh and, and I anyway. would agree. I I think that <laughs> your point is also valid, Matt. Like we are we're a little on edge over here. We're a little on edge. Well,
0: well, you know what? because cuz we've been uh we've been ignoring Cosby for the first uh 70 something years and uh we're a little embarrassed. You know, and I I think as a country in in this um like we all of these changes should have, you know, should we should be making these? We should be making these things. We should be caring about the, all of these things. But there's also a level of embarrassment that we weren't already.
2: Yeah, there you go.
0: Sorry. And and so that that there's a there's a strong awareness of it because it's it's
2: embarrassing that like we we put up with that. Well, so, Keith. Anyway, speaking of things that didn't age, well, we didn't. So let's get back we in the didn't. time machine and look at how we used to be, and put and pop our way over to. Our Patreon, which Ah, we have not (laughs) talked. Keith, how can you waste? Put in pop on over as a Cosby segue. Come on, pop! Isn't that worth paying for?
0: (laughs) Well, if you thought that that was hilarious, as opposed to just ouch. You can go to patreon.com slash K and M, spell out the and, and get all sorts of fun bonus content like that uh, with, uh, (laughs) you know, watch alongs and extra episodes. You can watch my uncomfortable face while I try to transition out of this uh, here. uh, You'll be financially
2: consenting to our nonsense.
0: Exactly. Uh, and uh, and supporting the show and helping produce the show. It's a, it's a really big help. We're about to record right after this a commentary track and uh, on the unreleased uh, uncovered 1992 episode of Star Trek The Next Generation starring 11 year old me and 8 year old my brother uh, will be released early on the Patreon before it hits. Before the we get every YouTube strike possible. Before we, we're just not going to be able to monetize it. You know, we made so much money on the first run. We don't need it of uh, Star Trek, The Wrath (laughs) of Neener. But if you would like to monetize it anyway, you can join our amazing patrons, patrons, Including CloudLover69, CloudLover69, Jorge Navoa, Alan Zimmerman, Brian Kaufman, Casey Clark, and CRM Productions, and Charles Babbage. I got through it all while trying to stifle a Diet Mountain Dew burp. That's, uh, that's what we do here on this <laughs> podcast. So now, Mike, it is time to uh, put and pop our way <laughs> into the past. When we're like, oh, let's watch some Cosby reruns. Oh, what fun! Because it's March 28th, 2004. Nothing to worry about. This day in
2: the basement.
0: What were you doing March 28th, 2004? I was living in
2: Prospect Park, Brooklyn, Keith. And let me tell you one of the best parts. Last week, I talked about my dog Coco R.I.P. But there is something about places, times in your life that you associate with routines And one of the routines I had, for better or for worse, when I lived in Prospect Park, was waking up, walking down one flight of steps in our brownstone, walking out the door and across the street, Ninth Street in Park Slope, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to Dizzy's Cafe, Keith. It was a mere 50 paces from my doorstep, and it was the greatest breakfast sandwich Uh, I can ever recall having. The breakfast sandwich. And it was glorious, and I had an air morning, and when friends would come visit, we would always go to Dizzy's, 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 Dizzy's. You could have lunch there, breakfast there. It was always packed, but since we were regulars, we could always get a table. Food was great. Service was great. Coffee was great. Just a cool vibe. It had that sort of Brooklyn vibe. Get a coffee and a sandwich walk the rest of the the block to the park, sit down. Ah, just great memories of that. And uh, in wanting to talk about it today, I Googled it up so I could see uh, if it's still there. And just last year, Keith, because of the ravages of COVID, they closed their doors after 29 years. Oh, no. So this is both a a happy memory and also a a bit of a bittersweet uh, realization that they've they've had to close. So- uh, Barrette. Oh yeah, that really sucks. But uh all the best to them and and, and the great and, and thanks for the great food and the great memory. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and and for sure, a good breakfast sandwich uh in your neighborhood bodega is a big deal. Uh in especially in uh in the city. For me, it was always a story of bagel.
2: Yeah, they're great too. The, yep.
0: the the best bagels I have ever had in my life. And I I as you can as you can
2: tell, I've had a bagel or two. Uh and what I was appreciating no... about Astoria Bagel, Keith, was that all kinds of hipster awesome bagel shops opened up, coffee shops in the in little story neighborhood because it was popular. And all fancy kinds of internals and like design and all kinds of stuff. Not a story Bagel. They're like, you know what? Eh,
0: we're oh, never no. changing. We're, like,
2: nope, we're nope. We're four walls, one table. Uh, That's a right. Cash register in and out, baby. Keith, what, you what were you up to while you take oh. care of your dog? That's right.
0: Here for those on the patrons, here <laughs> is, damn, the the, is cute. The ancient blind 14 year old or eleven year old chihuahua What's that, <laughs> uh? whose back legs don't really work. But she's very cute. And uh so she can tell me what I was doing. Well, you know what I was doing, Mike? according to my emails, was doing a ton of auditioning. Good for you, buddy. I know. This is like the one time in my life I actually tried to be a professional actor. So I was out there auditioning for the Oklahoma Tour, the Oliver Tour. I auditioned for Forever Plaid. Uh, I know that I was in callbacks for Oliver. I don't know why I never ended up getting it. Uh, My buddy, my other buddy Mike, was on that tour. Um, Also found out that the... uh, that production of Camelot that I had told you about earlier had been delayed. Um, still waiting for the call. So uh, we'll see. There's, there's still hope. So uh, what do you say we uh, continue talking about it's
2: time for the out of practice podcasts this day in the world the greatest hits the biggest movies headlines from vermont essential sports updates and for some inexplicable reason the weather from 20 years ago it was cold now back to keith and mike
0: uh well i'll tell you we were continuing to listen to yeah with usher featuring little john and Ludacris. And uh, the cover of the Brunswick Free Press talked about commercial drivers feeling the price pinch uh, because we were in another gas prices issue back then in the middle of the war that we started which caused the uh, gas prices to surge. The uh, top movie was Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Is that the one with Freddie Prince? I believe so. Yeah, the sequel. So, uh... I'm not hearing Yeah. Are we hearing Yeah? Who are we listening to? Uh, who, are, who am you, I not listening to? You
2: are hearing it. Um, you, you just didn't know it, Keith. Ah. We are listening to Klejan, the trap violinist, as he covers Yeah by Usher. Uh, you can check him out on YouTube at Clay E J A N. Uh, It's him playing this live in Atlanta, but with this cool nice. track. So there you go.
0: Sounds good. You want to know what else sounds good, Mike? The little what? segment we call. It's time. It's time, time, time. It's time for sports. Ball. The Boston Hockey Bruins beat the Carolina Hockey Hurricanes three to two at RBC Center. Joe Thornton scored the game winner with two forty remaining. Rookie and current captains Bruin Bruins captain Patrice Bergeron contributed an assist on a Samsonov goal in the second. Meanwhile, the Flyers drop the 3-1 loss at home to the Rangers. Tony Amani scored the only goal for Philly.
5: I'm a human being, goddammit! My life has value! And I'm not gonna take this anymore! It's time to talk about the damn
4: episode!
0: Is it? Uh... It is definitely time, and I'd like some credit for being able to run all of this while holding a tiny little dog. I've actually had
2: to not stop looking at you because it's, it just makes me laugh. I mean,
0: this, this little, this stupid little creature who uh, Keith, doesn't really
2: bark; she just moans. In our like, in our relationship, it's not that I don't think you're this type of person, but like, nurturing is not the word that I would use to like. it Would not be an advertise. I would and and advertise. An, <laughs> An adjective that I would throw mm-hmm. into the, the 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 thought diagram. So anyway, so we'll look, we're looking at you, just like stroking this, like giving this little dog the best golden years I, I could have is really making I, me. I, I think
0: that has more to less to do with whether or not I'm nurturing <laughs> and whether or not I care to nurture you. <laughs> well, yeah.
2: Um. Yeah. There okay. So is. yeah. What are we doing? <laughs>
0: Oh, no. Oh, no. Shots fired. (laughs) This episode of The Practice, season eight, episode 18, entitled The Case Against Alan Shore, was written, of course, by David E. Kelly and directed by Bill Bill Delia, 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 Bill, Bill Delia, Delia, who knows, who last directed on Concealing Evidence, which, uh, leaves us with one thing to do, and I think it's appropriate this week once again.
3: What is that supposed to be?
6: What's your problem?
3: Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis?
2: What? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? Yeah,
1: you know, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened?
2: So uh, the title implies that we're getting into the courtroom officially this week, so we're going to get more Denny Craning. We're going to get all kinds of great stuff. I think the big flip this week, Keith, is that uh, you'll recall that last week, Eugene kind of put it to Eleanor that she's going to have to pick a side and all this stuff, and mm-hmm. she seemed quite torn. We gave her the oopsie for it. I think this week, in the courtroom, in real time, she's going to You ready for it. Mm. She's gonna switch teams. She's going to mutiny and become Team Allen. Whoa! There you go. Oh, okay. And then All it's right. gonna be so it's it's Allen, Eleanor, and Tara versus Eugene and Jimmy. And the way they've been writing Jimmy, that doesn't that doesn't look good for the firm.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, Mike is setting up the the pilot of the uh, of the next show. That is for sure. He's writing his own. All right. Well, what do you say we go and watch this episode? Little guy.
2: The Practice, season eight, episode 18, the case against Alan Shore. Represented <clears throat> by Matt.
0: You know what? Let's just do it right now.
4: What's up? I know lawyer from somewhere.
0: So there was a new lawyer here in the firm and played by Alan Goldberg. As attorney Burke, Adam Goldberg, you've seen in a gazillion things, including A Beautiful Mind, Saving Private Ryan, Dazed and Confused, The Fargo TV Show, and Mr. Saturday Night, now
4: playing on Broadway. Noah Burke. Burke. He'll be representing us in our labor dispute.
3: Wow. So we are going outside? Yes. Just a thought, but shouldn't I have been included in that decision?
7: Well, that's the very issue we need to talk about. Look, Miss Fred, I can walk you through the legals, but cutting to the I'm chase, so this pissed. thing is close. I, I mean, Mr. Shore's uh, stopple claims are, are colorable. I mean, we have an associate here whose financial contributions grossly exceed those of the partners. He's hired an extremely deep and talented firm. I mean, we're we're in for a fight—a difficult fight. So, all this really is to preface one question, which is, where do you stand?
3: Can I get you a cup of coffee?
7: <laughs> okay, <laughs> he's had <clears throat> quite a bit. The guts of our case will be that Alan Shore is a bad guy now you will need to testify you will need to get in the witness chair and not only support the idea that he's a bad guy but actually sell it i mean see this man has a personal animosity towards mr shore i mean his bias will be exposed in lance like a giant boil this man looks like he hates everybody and his emotions will make him anything but impartial (laughs) the only objective and fair-minded voice we have if we're to have one is you all right once again it's you so as i've told mr young and mr Bellotti, you will have to win this case for us you (laughs) will have to take
2: did you see Jimmy's down, take on down. that?
7: So let me put to Bellotti. you the great interrogatory once posed by the leader of the free world. Are you with us? Or are you against us?
0: you with us or against us?
2: <laughs> like a little dog now. <laughs> little dogs and Wow, so what? Yeah. That intro kind of gave a little bit of credence to what I was talking about. Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, Eleanor here is on the hot seat. There's there's no question this is going to come down to, you know, what side she takes, which is a uh,
2: – But is it going to come down to that? Like, I mean, they're setting up that way, but, like, what really does she – she's got evidence. She's witnessed him criming. She's – well, I don't think he's ever
0: even denied the crime. No, not we go forward. All depends. Of course, we're going forward. Not this so fast. Vince Colosimo, back down.
2: as Alan's lawyer.
5: I canceled your ten o'clock. I had to tell the Beast, and she's in a mood. So.
8: Tell her she looks beautiful, and the meeting will be rescheduled.
5: Well, she won't believe she's beautiful and unless you. We... Then
8: tell her I said so. Goodbye.
9: Who's the Beast? Sarah Lip, wicked your partner of the East. Partner. Denny Crane. Yes, I know you're Denny Crane. Why do you always
5: tell me your name? Is it so you won't forget well let me tell you something soldier i've learned from experience that people can't believe they're actually in the room with denny crane they think it can't be true so i let them know it is true out of practice podcast uh, I look him in the eye. denny crane gives them something to tell their grandkids denny crane out of practice you know i wanted him because he knows the judge.
9: I'm having deep concerns now that the judge knows him. First of all, he did win the motion last week.
8: Second, I'll first chair, he'll be second.
9: But he talks, aloud. I'll rein
8: him in. He's an asset, we want him at our table. Trust me. Denny Crane. Tara, hey.
6: What's new? Don't even ask. You doing okay? Yeah.
0: Yeah, probably. Fired. Thanks for coming
3: in. Let's go to my office.
0: A little bit fired. Lucy's still here.
3: Listen. Eugene, Jimmy and I, we realize that we put you in an impossible situation. Asking you to protect a firm confidence to the detriment of a friend. We appreciate that maybe we were unfair anyway we're offering you your job back we consider you an extremely valued member of this practice and we hope that you will consider rejoining
2: us okay
6: you're offering me my job back yes
2: you expect me to just put and pop
6: back in here and you're actually sorry for putting me in a difficult situation
0: Mike and Deglio
6: yes is Eugene sorry Yes. Well, could Eugene apologize in person?
2: That's tough for Eugene.
6: That would help me decide. He's obviously under a lot of stress, Tara. Let's not make... Eleanor. I have a great respect for you. And my hope is that at the conclusion of all this ugliness, there will be no erosion of that respect. But this isn't about you being sorry. This isn't about you valuing me as a member of your firm. This is about you getting me on your side. Securing my testimony to favor you. Look, Tara.
3: You know I care about him. And believe it or not, I also care about you. You are a young law student with your entire future ahead of you. You need to consider carefully which side you'd rather be associated with here?
0: I appreciate that's, that. That's fair. That I immediately. have considered that yeah. very
6: carefully. I'll be testifying in support of Alan.
0: He's the one who's helping the ratings.
9: I can't underline enough my reservations about him being here and I can't underline enough, his presence has currency.
5: I don't like it when people talk about me like I'm not in the room. Last time I checked, I was in the room. You know,
9: I'm having a sudden burst of insecurity. I could use some reassurance. Could you just say those two little words I so long to hear?
7: Tony (laughs) Crane. Sorry, we're late. I love Let's Shatner's, like, um, lining up his my body.
5: It. It. Oh, hold on just a minute. You're not late. it. You derive and, some sort of power, keeping everybody waiting. Spader's reach out. to meet at great. 2 o'clock, knowing you great turn up at 10 past. Our plan all along was to start the meeting at a quarter past, so we're just going to stand around for five minutes. You little gerbil, why don't you a stick of celery? Danny Crane.
2: Keep the Denny Crane
4: thing is going to wear thin. We are not (laughs) waiting five minutes. We are not waiting two. Let's start over.
2: True or false, someone somewhere has counted the number of Denny Cranes in each episode of Boston Legal. I'm sure
0: somewhere. Although I can't imagine that's sustainable for uh, five seasons of a show. I mean, right now, I'm still laughing. I still think it's funny.
8: I think we can all assume should this go to trial you'll be vicious we'll be vicious it'll get publicly nasty and everybody will bleed the reason for this meeting is to avoid all the bloodshed
7: obviously we have a number
8: you have a number i
7: suspect shall i give you ours please 750000 and before you reject it, that's three times the salary of the next ranking associate. And it's probably 750000 more than you get if we proceed to court, given Mr. Shore's conduct. And what if I were you, I'd be most concerned with... You're
9: not me, Mr. Burke. He's great. Let's I like not him. ever make
7: that mistake. If certain things in this trial become public, Mr. Shore may be unemployable in perpetuity and perhaps even disbarred. Danny Crane.
9: Let me respond by just... May I, Matthew? Let's not compare my salary with that of the highest ranking associate. The whole point here is... I don't compare with the rank associates at Young Front and Berluti. I, in fact, out-earn and outproduce the rank partners. Um... You're
7: being contentious. Danny Crane. Uh, okay, uh, why don't you just tell us your number? 1.9 million dollars.
8: What? Should Mr. Shaw be declared a de facto partner, He shared this year alone will be over a million. And that doesn't even account for the revenues generated in the future by clients he brought in.
4: Which he then stole. Danny Crane. And what that
8: really doesn't account for? You guys were close Eugene's to the fruit. face faces, under. Mike's Not, not true. No what? You can read the books just like I can. If the jury finds that Alan saved this firm, and we have to allow for the possibility of that finding, we could get five million. Maybe six.
4: Alan Shore was fired from his last firm for embezzling. We hired him out of charity more than anything else. We so seem
9: to be moving further apart now. May I finish, please? You may. But that last remark just pushed our demand up to 2.5. Alan. You know what? In the absence of any contract, I think the only fair thing is to agree. I have no right to work at your firm. I should walk away, and I will. I just want the money I brought in, $9 million. Take out overhead. Give me the rest, $8.9 We can all shake hands.
4: I think we're going to trial.
2: So yeah, it's clearly now Eugene and Alan, like it's a pissing contest. It is a huge pissing contest, yes. Let's be
9: fair, Mr. Shaw. You were fired from your previous firm for embezzling. And I deserved it. I did not deserve to be fired from this firm. Because? Because I saved them from going bankrupt. Because I won my cases and because I looked good doing it. Did you ever break any laws? Break any laws? Yes. Did you extort lawyers? Did you illegally
8: download records? Were you privy to deals, buying off witnesses? Did you suborn
9: perjury? Ah, that. Perhaps. Perhaps. Look, they knew my character when they hired me. I never did anything. Hello, Judge. I never did anything ever that so wasn't he's
0: not in my character. Denying well, anything.
9: Alan, come on. You could have risked disbarment with all this. That would run to the reputation of the firm. I was called before the bar already Eugene Young stood up unsolicited yeah, called me that's just true. an honorable man but when it that was time to split up all the millions of dollars I generated I was suddenly unworthy Thank you sir
2: That's actually Which really was- a good really a good point that I hadn't really considered that I mean, not, he is, doesn't have to deny because Eugene stood up in front of the bar and, de- and defended him. The the piece I'm missing that would make this click for me is that, a- unless I missed it, Keith, is when did Eugene talk to anybody and make it, and make it seem like they were going to try to rip him off because they didn't want to give him the money? Like, that's... Maybe, I guess he didn't need intent. Maybe, it, regardless of them just giving him the severances. I, I don't know. I, I just missed where, like, Eugene pissed him off other than, like, calling him... On his shit, every time he had shit. Well, and 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 that,
0: yeah. I mean, it's true. I mean, Eugene basically said, "Hey, uh, please stop crimeing." And he's like, "No, I want a crime." Then Eugene fires him. Is like he didn't give me enough money on the way out. Really, is 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 what this is all about. And and I think to the point of, yes, Eugene did stand up for him in the second or third episode that he did this but then after that Eugene kept saying stop criming stop criming stop criming so that's all under it, so like at the at the moment after Eugene stood up for him and said yes then i think it makes then that point is valid but there's plenty of times where Eugene has said like i need you to stop doing this i need you to change your behavior after that and then so like if you knew that he was if he was a slime ball sure so he gave him an opportunity to stop and when he didn't he fired him
2: i think you made this point before but but i'm gonna, I'm gonna correct me if i'm mis, misquoting you but i think the point you made that i find interesting now is that you know you a lot of times we give them shit about writing backwards right but mm-hmm. here it could have helped like if we knew the showdown was the big thing then we could have set the pieces better what all of those moments where he and Eugene kind of had a come like a full house moment where the violins play and they kind of man to man agree like they're going to try more. Those are the best moments of those episodes, in my opinion, because you're like, okay, we're developing this friendship and we're developing, or at least this understanding, this respect, and then this whole thing sort of undoes it, retcons it for no reason, and 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 creates like sort of a false animosity. It doesn't feel earned. It makes the earned emotions from before feel unearned or feel fabricated. So it's that's why I think I feel a little unsated by it. Um, it's not. Yeah. Well, it's not being a defender of Eugene. It's not. It's not kissing up to Eugene as we have been accused. It's more just the writing doesn't seem to support the antagonism here. Well, it
0: supports it from Eugene's standpoint right eugene's like stop criming and he wouldn't do it so like why wouldn't eugene be pissed you know and See, if you got scabs on your knees
2: point, come on you must have scabs and, on your knees
0: oh and from blowing eugene yeah <laughs> <laughs> well no because look Eugene, like just like uh, you're you are doing damage. He told him many, many times not to from a from a legal standpoint, he's an associate like if if uh, Tara brought in a seven million dollar <clears throat> verdict, she doesn't instantly become partner. She's an associate. The associate contract says you're entitled to X, regardless of what you bring in. That's the deal. that's the that's the thing. Um however, I will argue against my own argument about about Eugene saying, stop doing this. Uh, and had they had that heart to heart? And Eugene says like, hey, you got to stop doing this. You're hurting the firm. And Alan was like, you know what? You're right. I'm going to stop doing it. I promise I'm not going to do it again. That's very different from Eugene's like, stop doing this. And, and Alan's like, eh, I'm going to keep doing it. Mm. And, and I think that Alan at no point ever said, I'm going to stop criming. He just said, my objective is not to take the firm down. He would never said, I promise to turn over a new leaf and start being ethical and stop with this nonsense. So th- if Alan has an argument, him, it's that.
2: Well, yeah, okay.
0: It, it doesn't make him ethical, but it is a good argument for Eugene knew what he was doing.
4: And chose feels to accept dramatic. it. You left out the part where you impersonated. The important an
2: thing, though, I think, for, from Eugene's perspective, since we're pointing out, you know, Alan's motives and whatnot, Eugene never really agreed to keep him on. At least that we've been privy to. Never really agreed to keep him on because he was making all this money. He kept him on mostly because of Eleanor. That is also true. You know, I don't. I don't know what the legal argument is there. So both of them somewhat appear to be accusing the other one. That their base motive isn't truly what we think it is,
4: right? Yeah, at, at no From point do we see Eugene saying, "And like, then oh, settle the so all this post money?
9: Identity. using money out of my he own." He tried own to, to fire him to like six times. You left out the
4: part where you hired a lawyer who believed God. Wait, are we saying that all he this is never Eleanor established? Called? He didn't. You left out the part that you constantly defied the partners,
9: only when they were wrong, which, granted, was most of the time. Is it just me? Or are all his questions in statement form?
4: You left out the part where you hid a murder weapon from the police.
9: Well, if I were to mention that, the police would demand to know where I hid it. You left out the part where you took a hooker to a client's wedding? The invitation said significant other, I thought it would last.
4: You left out the part where you secretly installed video cameras in a woman's hotel room and taped her
9: having sex. For blackmail purposes only. See, okay, like, that's that all
0: and funny, but like... I watch for my own pleasure.
4: Like, this is he, all one big source of amusement. See, hold
0: on. So right there, that? he has now admitted that you. to open court. A DA at this point would arrest him.
2: It's a crime to do that.
0: I don't. You should be arrested.
2: I, I don't know. I don't know the legalities of that. There's no. If if Helen was here, hell yeah. But without Helen, oh, yeah. Man.
0: Well, but but think think about Schmitzovich. You for know, sure. he, he he did it to some like you know random woman who was screwing his friend. We, we just did that. We did that to Lucy. Let's let's say he was talking about doing that to Lucy. And the, exactly that statement again.
2: I, I, I don't disagree with you, but I feel like Bobby they wouldn't Bic have Rambo. put it in the episode here. If he, and he wouldn't be so so cocksure if if there, he didn't feel protected for some reason.
9: This hey, Eugene. If you take life too seriously, it ceases to be funny i tried to impart that and other little wisdoms to you which you never took but you always took the money
0: that's his one argument alan i don't know what you're doing
8: you say you want to settle but i don't think you know what you want tar I plan to keep your testimony very simple. uh, Are they like basically I want you to establish that he was open and notorious with his antics from the beginning? You've kissed me before. I will not put you in the the position of of attacking
9: Eugene or Eleanor, and I don't want you to. Just on the lips. Denny, this is Tara Wilson, a law student I spoke of. In need of employment. Yes, she's extremely talented. I can personally vouch for her skills as a paralegal as well. Stand up, please.
5: Turn around, please. Lips real?
6: Yes. Yours?
5: Let me tell you something, Tara. We hire only pretty people in this firm. Pretty people get better results. Pretty girls keep me aroused. I think more clearly when I'm aroused. Are you a pretty girl soldier?
6: I am, sir.
5: Good girl. At ease.
0: Is it time to take our disgusted face screenshot again? I'm always at ease.
2: So, I don't, just don't know anymore. I like her. <laughs> I just don't know anymore. The
1: truth there, is, there is such it's a, been a this
2: season year. has such a disgusting
0: element I of boys will be boys, work since he's been and aren't there. they charming? My case is...
1: seems he's gotten all the good ones. How's your love life?
0: I feel like he's talking about his place on the show too. Absolutely,
1: Sounds like 100%. I hate my life, doesn't it?
3: <laughs> Very much so. Why don't you change it?
2: How? Go join Bobby.
3: Well, what do you want to do?
2: <laughs> Jimmy. You Is mean Jimmy you haven't quit even too? asked
6: yourself the question?
2: They're writing everybody off. They're like, they know now. They're like, we're writing a new show. We out. I, I feel like at this point, we do know that.
0: No. That scene... Tells Ethically me challenged. they're already planning. Perhaps. What's the difference?
6: He was honest with how he dealt with his friends and his fellow partners. Where he was perhaps underhanded was with opposing counsel.
8: Did the partners at the firm know about his underhandedness?
6: <laughs> yes. They would often protest and threaten him. But as Alan correctly points out, at the end of the day, they would cash the checks.
8: And Miss Wilson, you had the opportunity to see the financial records at Young Frutt and Berludi? I did. And what kind of impact did Alan Shore have on
7: their business?
6: In dollars? He more than tripled it.
7: That guy has a little bit friends a realistic Alan Shore. Boston accent. I consider He's him a friend, Australian. yes. Forgive my indiscretion, Um, and admittedly, I'm, I'm speculating. But um, have you had sex with him? No. Objection. She answered the question.
9: That's what I'm objecting to. I want to have
7: sex with her. She keeps saying no. I believe you've witnessed Mr. Shore committing acts of sexual harassment in the workplace. Have you not? I have. In fact,
0: I feel like. This is a good opportunity to introduce Stan Ivar as Judge Harvey Gleason. Uh He's he he plays uh, Jane Way's fiance oh. uh, way back when on The Voyager, but uh he also might have played Mark Jacobs in New Evidence. Come on, come on. we
4: are not supposed
0: to notice that you've been on the show before. But now you get twist the residuals your door yeah so welcome back to the practice i'll pretend that i don't recognize i saw you in season two and you met your demise here we go you were a killer but now you're set free first appearance many pillar, but you had a to you maybe be someone different but you don't fool me we don't hear the judge but you just
6: might be welcome back to the practice tonight
7: nailed it nailed it you want to complain to Eugene Young, that he repulsed you, that that you thought he was vulgar. I believe the witness
9: said she had vulgar thoughts that involved me. There's a difference there. Please rephrase.
6: As you can see, his behavior is quite incorrigible,
7: but Incorrigible? He lies? He steals? He conceals evidence? He openly defies the partners, and that's the the word you use? Incorrigible? Well, I'm just curious. Is Mr. Shore helping you to find new employment?
6: actually he just helped me find a new job yes
7: oh well that's interesting so i mean might you say you're in his debt a little i would thank you very much miss wilson isn't it true you really do want to sleep with
9: nothing further (laughs) (laughs) boys will be
0: boys Oh, that's
8: so scam. Cheeky. What a scam! The client confuses me. Does he want to lose? No, he—he
5: just—he can't contain himself sometimes. He's—he's he's a complicated guy. This is not good behavior. This is not consistent with someone who wants to win. I understand. I'm concerned, Matthew. The client confuses me.
1: He called me fat. And everyone
0: else
7: short
2: I, I don't it is really i don't know how to say this exactly shadner had a, a a needle to thread that so few actors have to to do right but it's not even tom hanksian you know you know there are certain actors who are just always them you can't unsee mm-hmm. the actor in the role and he has mm-hmm. that challenge to overcome Right. Um, but more than that, his character in, in, in on Trek and then sort of in his music-slash-poetry career-slash-his-public persona following, poetry career. following the original series, or I'm sorry, yeah, uh, he became sort of a caricature of himself. Mm-hmm. And so he had to find a way to harness that. I, I mentioned this in another episode, but he had to find a way to harness that and and expose it and then use it, but still develop a character on top of that because it's so easy to write it off as just Shatner shattering. But then when you watch right. the, when you watch the performance, it's so nuanced and actually excellent. That he's able to create this, that Denny Crane is is slowly, in two episodes, what, second episode we've seen him? Yeah, second episode. Is already establishing its own sort of universe of character, mannerisms, speech patterns, uh, motivations, questions, curiosities, slight little nuances facially that are so specific and well done and clearly intentional, not just him doing the Shatner stuff, that it's... It's kind of remarkable. Oh
0: yeah. I mean cuz it's cuz you're right. It is partially self-parody and also a distinct new character. It's well, I mean it's it's tremendous work. You know, and honestly, like I'll say this as a, a you know, everyone knows how I feel about Star Trek. I was never really a big Shatner fan until Boston Legal. Until until this character where I'm like, oh, he does have a sense of humor about himself, and he is more self-aware, not in the bad sense, but in the good sense, than I ever thought he was.
2: Um, yeah, and and in the world, they, there is no Shatner, right? So in the world, he disarms people sort of with his – with what we kind of already know, which sort of – we laugh at about Shatner, but in this universe, it sort of disarms folks. So it, it's, it gives it some space to carve out its own niche. It's very cool.
1: Yeah, Captain Kirk. Almost every day. Captain Kirk. Usually in front of other people to humiliate me. It was some remark about my body. Why
2: did they show that extra during that? It also it called me weird... stupid.
1: This is an associate directing insults at partners.
2: For no reason.
1: Shocked
7: that we didn't Whatsoever. want Whatsoever. So that's why you voted to discharge him, because uh, of all the insults?
2: No. That's not the only reason. He violated legal ethics. He ignored privilege. I feel so bad for Jimmy and Michael Botaluco this season. It's just been a, just a goddamn crime.
1: I voted to discharge him because we're not just a place of business. We're not simply a corporate entity that exists to generate profits. We're a practice at law. The people in our practice have respect for the profession, respect for each other.
2: As it's a people. great monologue that they're going to shit all he over didn't. in about five seconds, I can tell.
1: I voted to discharge him because it is not okay to ignore the ethical rules of the practice. I voted to discharge him because it is not okay to belittle people, to treat them with cruelty or ridicule. If he wants to build a firm where that kind of behavior is okay, let him build his own firm. But he was an associate at ours, and he dishonored it and us daily.
3: Thank you, sir.
0: Alan's going up to do the cross. I'm nervous.
9: You spoke with a great deal of emotion, Jimmy. You don't like me, do you? No. I don't.
0: And why would he?
9: Is it possible for you to completely separate your personal dislike of me from your objective opinion of me as an attorney? Honestly, probably
2: not. Thank you. I mean, he did, they did have a fist fight. A little bit. At least he showed him some grace there. But it benefited him, so
0: if you showed him grace? he got... Jimmy showed the grace by being honest in that moment.
2: It actually gave Alan some pause, it seems. He's at the bar. In a scene they probably shot last week. First time they sat down to the bar. Are
9: against me, Eleanor?
3: Alan, what do you want?
0: All the bar scenes. The jury They're sitting can't at the same place that Jimmy
3: you claim it's not about the money. So, what is it that you want?
2: I don't know. Apparently $9 million and to screw Tara?
9: Maybe mm-hmm. just to be...
2: I, mean,
0: I, I wouldn't knock it.
9: Well, let's leave it at that. Just to be...
3: Are you trying to get the jury to judge you negatively? To confirm some twisted- Uh, again with the psychoanalysis. I don't have time,
9: Eleanor. I've got a long day in court tomorrow.
2: Do you? Not according to Mike, so.
0: I mean, I don't mind there being a mystery as to Alan's He had motivations. no contract.
4: It was employee at will. And legally, we're entitled to terminate an associate for personal reasons. But it wasn't just personal reasons. We had to protect the integrity of our practice.
7: But Eugene, as it's been said, he did take the money. Yes, he earned
4: revenue in his capacity as an associate, but that didn't give him tenure. You've heard all the things he did against the law, against the canons of law, against us. How do we employ a person we can't even trust? Fiduciary duty, that has to mean something in a partnership. There's an implied obligation to deal fairly with one another, honestly. That man never did. As a result, he had to go. He had to go. Thank you.
2: Okay.
0: I mean, and he looked at Eleanor there. It's true. She is the reason he wasn't fired day two.
5: I want you to know I agree with everything you said, and if what you said about my client is true, I'd have fired his ass too. Good work, soldier. Nothing further.
2: <laughs> what? Oh, it's a Denny Crane special.
5: Uh. I imagine this, uh... Business about fiduciary duty, obligation to deal fairly, honestly. It goes both ways. You would have a duty to be fair and above board with Alan Shore. I would, and I did. Good man.
2: I love his sitting down, trying to go. He it's the it's the Colombo. Totally uh, you had columboric. a meeting
5: with uh, Samuel Gould, a client of Al Shore's last week, did you not? I did. Long time client of Al Shore, am I right? Yes.
4: I must strongly caution you against going with Alan Shore. Why? It is our belief that he is unstable, that he has self destructive personality tendencies, that he's also prone to committing unethical, sometimes even criminal acts. Wherever you take your business, I would urge you again not to take it to Alan
5: Shore. That was you trying to steal Al Shore's client. Was that a fiduciary stab
2: in Al Keith, we both have one of those little microphones At
5: mic
7: the mic time of, of the discussion, be
4: Samuel Gould oh, yeah. was a client of the
5: firm.
7: Your Honor, it's illegal to secretly
5: tape recordings. There was that. nothing secret about it. Mr. Gould taped all his meetings. Firm knew it.
0: I recorded most of my Don't first you forget? songs I ever wrote on a recorder like that. He
4: is unstable that he has self-destructive personality tendencies. That's slander, Mr. Young. Truth is a complete defense to slander. I spoke the truth.
5: You know, son, I'm a senior partner in my firm the way you are in yours. And here's the thing about good leadership, and you tell me if you disagree. It's not enough to insist on fidelity or honesty or fair dealing. A good leader has to practice it. Denny Crane.
2: (laughs) Ha!
0: Timing. Shatner has timing. Was it my
9: imagination or was he actually quite effective?
8: I keep telling you. Once he's in a call room, all the plaque on his brain just dissolves.
5: I don't know what the hell it is, but I think it was effective. I don't like it when people talk about me like I'm not in the corridor. Last time I checked, I was in the corridor.
2: Shit, Eleanor. She won't make eye contact with anybody. We're
0: getting a slow motion shot of her walking, too. Yeah, I love a slow. But we, it's not
3: really slow mo. Yeah, he said like that, that he had been fired by his firm. A kind of slow mo. And that he needed a break.
7: Did he say why he was fired?
3: Mm-mm. He embezzled. He said it was a half Robin Hood kind of thing that he took from the rich and kept it.
7: And knowing this, you hired Alan Shore.
3: Yes. Why? He was a friend. Who? Well, like you said, he needed a break.
7: And this testimony today, this is difficult.
3: You have no idea.
7: In fact, despite all the infractions he's committed since joining your firm, you've continued to defend him. Why, Eleanor?
3: I think Alan is deeply troubled, as talented as he is, as terrific as he is. I don't think he likes himself. And on some psychological level.
7: Objection. Foundation. This will be a lay opinion from a friend, Your Honor. I'll allow it. Please continue.
3: I think to service his own self-loathing, he breeds contempt from others.
7: We heard Eugene Young use the words uh, self-destructive.
3: That would be fair. I've said that to Alan on more than one occasion. I truly believe he's trying to destroy himself. I don't think it was ever his intent to damage the firm. But that's what he started to do.
7: So you agree, then, with the decision to discharge him?
0: I do. Thank you. Well, that's fair. I think that's a pretty honest and pretty fair assessment of the whole thing.
2: Yeah, not to mention an incredible performance. You really want to do this one,
0: as as always. Alan. Yeah. And I don't think she said anything that Alan wouldn't agree with.
2: Yeah, I agree. Still was hard, and that was clear that it was hard. You know.
9: You think it's best that I leave. Did you not say last week, let's work this out? Did you not say you couldn't bear the idea of going to work at a place without me? I said that. Did you mean it?
3: I meant it. But Alan, I said that unobjectively, as your friend. As a person who continues to care deeply for you.
2: But what a great scene. I don't think you're entirely. It's in the courtroom, low. but they're having a personal conversation. You are gonna self-destruct yeah. one day.
3: And I can't prevent that. But I can't let you destroy
2: my partners in the process. I'm sorry. Mike was wrong, Keith. Mike was wrong.
0: Mike was wrong.
2: Oh, and he tapped her hand there, which, no hard feelings, which was great.
4: Good scene. Great scene. Good scene. Yeah. Yeah. We live in a time where breaking rules, Here being go. a rebel, flashing irreverence for any All kind this is of a convention big, This is a big
2: cool. case for the season. Let's play it. It's closing time.
0: Time to put your case to bed. It's closing time. Otherwise, your cry instead. Closing
4: time. Alan Shore is a hip, cool guy. He's entertaining, too. It can be fun watching him do his thing. But when he's doing it to you, or people you love, or something you love. You see these people here? We don't have husbands and wives. Eleanor has a child, I have a son, but no one can accuse us of living rounded, balanced lives. Our lives are that law firm. Our lives are each other, and working together in a place together that's something i might even call that everything
2: uh, steve harris is great but i think there's a i maybe we're putting this all on top of it keith but it seems to me they know what they know where this is all going to they're starting to give their goodbyes i think so yeah he had a look at the the table there and it was it I could see a little bit of peek behind the curtain.
4: This
0: I think by, I know they have to know that they are couldn't closing get that. it down,
4: yeah. He came in from the very first day and behaved in a way that said people here don't have to be moral. People here don't have to conduct themselves with integrity. That people here don't need to be honest. You heard the list Blackmail, extortion, breaking privilege, impersonating opposing parties, concealing evidence. It goes on and on. He did this acting as an agent of the place we built. Alan Shaw thinks he got fired because we were afraid he'd bring the firm down. What he can't seem to get is that he's already brought us down. Like I said, I know scandal is hip these days. For sure, it's profitable. But at Young, Frutt, and Berludi, character still counts. It must count. Our dignity is not a fungible thing. Not to Eleanor.
2: Not to Jimmy. Not to that dead baby we left Jamie. on the church steps.
4: Not to me. Alan Shore.
2: Just can't get that. But he can get his own show. <laughs> he sure can.
0: Got Jamie there as an extra.
2: All right, Alan. Spader time.
9: When this firm hired me, they knowingly engaged the services of an embezzler. They let me go about my evil, sinister business and make them rich. And then they tossed me. I had an uncle. He'd bring a delicious dessert to every family get-together and everyone would fawn and gush, saying, you're so thoughtful, Charles. You're so generous. He admitted to me he wasn't generous at all. He was hungry. And his logic was, if he brought a pie, he'd get a slice. I brought the pie, ladies and gentlemen. They didn't give me my slice. as for all my despicable, unethical, immoral, treacherous, sleazy conduct, they called me everything but a terrorist, didn't they? This business is not an ethical arena. Our legal system is adversarial by nature, where it is often the very function of a lawyer's job to prevent the truth from ever coming out. We get paid to suppress and squash and conceal evidence. Remember, this is the system that freed OJ, but also convicted Reuben Hurricane Carter. Every first year law student is taught, don't ever, ever equate legal ethics with morality. They're almost always mutually exclusive. It's an ugly world where underhandedness is often celebrated. I didn't enter Eugene Young's church. It was a law firm, a criminal law firm, the dirtiest kind, where lawyers get up in court, as Mr. Young has many times, and knowingly, falsely accuse innocent people of murder. Why? For the noble cause of getting the real killer off. Eugene Young has put guilty people back on the street to kill again. He's in the business of freeing serial rapists, but hey, I brought the firm down by pretending to be an airline executive. I'm sorry. I guess I just don't get it.
6: He goes behind my
9: back, tells my client I'm unstable for the purpose of stealing that client. This somehow falls within the bounds of integrity. I guess I just don't get it. There's a couple of things Eugene Young just can't seem to get. First, I'm just an unscrupulous guy trying to get by in an unscrupulous profession. And second, I respect him profoundly. There's perhaps nobody I respect more. In the eight or so months I've known you, I've found you to be utterly beyond reproach. which is why I'm so surprised he would take all that money I brought in, fire me, then go through all this just to avoid giving me my slice.
6: Hey, how'd it go?
9: They're deliberating. Can we talk about the outfit?
6: All the assistants here wear uniforms. I like it. Do you? <laughs> well, as soon as I pass the bar, it's coming off.
5: I can't wait. Let's go to the bar now. We conduct our sexual harassment behind closed doors here. See oh, I shudder to think. Excuse
9: me.
5: Oh. That was a hell of a closing. I like what I see so far. $9 million, portables. Closing like that. What do you say? We take our relationship to the next level.
9: Are you a homosexual, Denny?
5: I'm offering you a job. Sailor.
9: You can't be serious. They already
8: have a verdict.
5: What? That means they never got to damages. You lost, Pilgrim.
8: Come on. Mm,
2: Keith, are they gonna shut you off? What if this was it? It's like, what if Boston Legal starts now? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. The, the credits roll. It's different, different theme song. All right. Oh,
2: that hard pan left. Mr. Foreman, uh,
9: the jury has reached a verdict. We it's have, like Your Honor. At most, Keith. What say you? Mm. On question one, was the defendant's termination of the plaintiff wrongful? We find in the affirmative. That means yes. <laughs> On question two, concerning damages, we are the defendant to pay the plaintiff... Compensatory damages in the amount of two point three million dollars. Ouch.
4: Congratulations.
1: Thank you.
2: What was the settlement offer? Seven fifty? One point no, they asked for one point.
0: He, he asked for he asked for one point nine. They offered him seven
2: fifty. She made like a half a mil on top.
3: Yeah. Lost. Two point three million. Two. We've appealed. Let's not. Well, does this affect payroll? I mean, can we hey, yeah. still finance our cases? Do you guys need me to open up a separate account?
4: Look, I'll advise what? you what to do. But hold on, Lucy. We'll okay.
0: They're acting like Jimmy. this is going to bankrupt them. They just said he brought in $9 million. So what do they do with the other $6 million? Why are they like, oh my God, how are we going to keep the lights on? Aren't they sitting on $6 million? Like I understand that you have expenses and cases, that kind of stuff, but
2: like it, it ain't $6 million. I, I will say that at no point, the only time I ever truly understood the actual inner fi- the finances of the firm was season one when they had pizza boxes and they were just bro- po-broke. But like, I yeah. feel like we've, been successful relatively over the past seven They've years. They've got $6 million sitting around. There's only like five of them working that's there. That's just from office. the last, that's just from this season. That's not even taking into account. Just this together. season. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where all this money is that going. She's like, do you need thing? me to open up a separate account? Should I order Domino's? Do you need me to get rid of the popsicles in the drawer? What, what is necessary? Like, should we go searching for change in the couch?
0: Oh, Alan just showed up. Of course he did.
9: I don't want the money.
4: If the judgment holds up, we'll pay you the money. I don't want it. Well, you'll get it. Do with it what you want. But this firm always meets its financial obligations.
9: Maybe we can donate it to a cause that we mutually Legalization of prostitution. Something that, whatever. Why are you here? <laughs> I'm here because I'm a sucker for closure, I guess. Not to be confused with sentimentality, but I wanted you all to know two things. First, I'm sorry for any embarrassment that, well, any embarrassment. And second, I really loved working here. I know my coming back isn't an option, but people should know where people stand. I've always believed that.
1: I loved working here.
0: I wanted you to know. Why? Well,
2: like, what did he like about it? Like... I mean, I guess the... the oh, we'll talk about it. But yeah. the, the, the purpose is basically he's incapable of expressing his true emotions, so, like, when he's there, he couldn't... Do, but he was easy to be able to do it here if he had just... Doesn't make a ton of sense to me, bud, but...
0: No, okay. well, uh, I think this is our opportunity to uh, do a little award show about it, but before we do that, uh, Mike, why don't you recap the episode for us? I will see. <laughs> the case.
2: Is over. Alan gets all that sweet cash. Nice, nice. He doesn't want it. Okay, well, th- fair enough.
0: There it is. Now let's uh let's give out some fake awards. I'm excited. Let's do it.
2: Ladies and gentlemen out-of-practice podcast in unofficial unsolicited unfactual association with david e kelly productions proudly present oopsie the oopsies celebrating excellence in acting good lawyering good guesting good and being tom brady not to mention This is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies?
0: Well, I'll tell you, Jackie. They are a prestigious fake award that begins every week with...
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they got Alan a lot more money than he'd asked for. Uh, so I think the team of Denny Craig, Jenny Craig, Denny Crane, Jenny Craig, Alan Shore, and other guy.
0: Yeah. I mean, Alan did his own closing. So I think it would be probably fair to give it to him. But, uh, I don't know. I, I think we have to give it to Jenny Craig. I think it's the team. Team
2: of Jenny Craig. Team Jenny Craig.
0: Team Jenny Craig. All right. Team Jenny Craig, <laughs> congratulations on your most valuable lawyer. I can't even begin to uh, type that correctly. All right. Uh, I think this one is also pretty straightforward, but let's uh, let's do it, shall we? as i stall while finding the bumper already, already famous because you've been on tv getting a paycheck the first entry on your imdb way to go Ooh. but you're the best guest
2: actor Ding ding, 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 ding. The best
0: guest actor
2: ding, 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 ding. The best guest actor on the episode
0: Guys, we're keeping eyes on the dog because she's very close to a poop walk. I'm keeping eyes, keeping eyes.
2: I feel like for all the reasons I enumerated during the episode, which perhaps you didn't listen to and you just jumped to this portion. And I was Who would do that? Basically explaining uh how great Shatner is and what he's he in, in the in the rabbit he's pulling out of a hat here with Denny Crane. However, I think we also have to give mention to the uh, guest star you mentioned at the top of the episode who was working with The Firm uh, in this suit. Vince, oh, oh, you mean Adam Goldberg. Yes, Adam Goldberg, who yes. I think is really, really excellent in his delivery, in his feeling like he knows all these people even though he just kind of walked in the door, walked on set and and gives a really animated and I think grounded performance. But it's impossible not to, to back-to-back Denny Crane it. Um, He's just Shatner's. Just William Shatner is really excellent. I think maybe better in this episode because we got to see some machinations with him, and uh, yeah, and we got to see him in the courtroom, which was actually pretty nice. So that's my vote.
0: Yeah, I I mean Shatner's performance is is terrific in this. Um, You know, it's tough. Right, because he also is pretty despicable. And I don't mind a character being despicable if there are consequences. But right now, you know, I'm, I lo- I'm looking at this from 2022 eyes, and I'm, I look forward to Boston Legal, and I think about it, and I'm like, wow, the entire premise of this show is going to be rich white guys being shitty and getting away with it because they're so charming. Yes. So I don't... So our... So um, America. America. <laughs> yes. The the concept of the show is America. Uh, but, uh, you know, Shatner is almost getting away with it because he's so shatner and adorable and delicious. So now it is time, I think, and I would imagine another back-to-back award here with... You killed your podiatrist or blew the case you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show.
2: Ah. I actually think, you know, we've struggled with various motivations and whether they feel earned and whether they feel legit or all we've, 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 the plot line slash writing up to this point has been a little, in our opinion, as we've stated, muddy. Inconsistent. However, I think you see a tour de force this week. You see a tour de force not only in Shatner, but you see Spader doing what he does so well, which is making you completely think he's just a total ass, and then having those moments of really sincere, focused authenticity that don't mm-hmm. seem forced and but seem challenging for him, but he decides he respects them enough to go to that place and be that vulnerable so amazing that he's able to do play that such a wide range of colors and it still feel like, even though we have stated, we're confused as hell and the show has stated, we don't know what makes Alan tick. We don't know why he's doing the things. We're not gonna tell you why he's doing this, but yet it seems like he knows and it doesn't seem like an actor flailing about. That is not easy to do. Yeah. On top of that, Cameron, absolutely incredible. Conflicted, that scene in the courtroom where it was like two friends having breaking up, basically, and yeah. it it felt like a breakup scene, and yet it was so real, and it was so it was so in line with Eleanor the way we've come to know and love her. Also, her interactions, feeling hurt in the off, everything she did this episode was gold. On top of that, everything Steve Harris does. Even though he's been kind of really underwritten quite a bit this season, specifically this arc, he gives one of his top closes, and he seems to mean it. And he takes the opportunity, in my opinion, to look over at his colleagues during that close and make it something else as well. Mm. Make it about the kind of meta arc and sort of reestablish his thesis, what he's learned over these past seven seasons – just really spectacular. If there's ever been an episode that I really feel strongly about giving out, oh, and then Michael Bottaluca, who has been criminally just like, he basically got lindsayed this season and yeah. is able to still come to work as an actor, find the, 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 the century gooey goodness of his character, what he knows he's created, and give that, performance on the witness stand for with the journey that Jimmy has been on. It just and, and none of the writing was that strong. Those the, the scenes were in the courtroom, but like none of the writing of the arc has been that strong. But yet these actors have been were able to find those moments and do them together, tete a tete. If if there's ever been an a kind of an ensemble time, this was it. So it's hard for me to to pick amongst mm. those four Titans.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I- my first instinct would be to go with Cameron. I mean, she certainly did such a great um, scene there, and the scene between her and Spader. But I, I, actually thinking about it, I think this is the best Spader has been thus far, um, in terms of balancing, you know, Spadering and Alan Shoring with the most vulnerability he has shown. And the most lost we have seen Spader. And he didn't try to date rape anybody. So I
2: got no, the other thing that I think the best character beat for him, too, it, what was great that it was kind of passing in the moment we had with Eleanor at the bar is when she starts to kind of... Because she's a good friend of his, right? And so she's yeah. starting to kind of psychoanalyze him. And, and just by knowing enough, he, he shuts it down. Because I think that he is part... He is bothered by the fact he doesn't know why he does these things. Yeah, and I think and actually, he knows if he starts pulling the string, we're going to go to some places. And I think that that gives me at least that is informative, you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah,
0: I, I I think him shutting down the vulnerability of being analyzed like that is the most vulnerable he has been. The Alan Shore. Before the narcissist be like, yeah, let's talk about me. Just try to pick me apart. I'm so fat. I'm endlessly fascinating. Let's try to figure it out. But him being like, I can't do this, is the most vulnerable he's been. Um, so I, I'm I'm voting Spader. You going
2: Spader? Oh, they're all so good. N- no, I'm gonna go Michael Batalucco. Oh, okay. I really right. feel like he could have easily phoned this in because of the kind of as an actor I'm looking for performances uh, because of yeah. the way the season's been going and I think where he sees the writing on the wall and yet he was able to to deliver a Jimmy that earned respect uh, so I'm going with Bartolucco yeah
0: okay there's only one more thing to do ladies and gentlemen it is time
2: So there's a couple of things. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I feel as conflicted as I have felt before, but for different reasons. I, I loved the performances and the journey in this episode. I loved the machinations. I loved, I kind of s- knew where we were going cause it kind of had to go where they're going. And then he wants to give it back. So no harm, no foul. Uh, Oh, there's this like false drama of we're gonna be bankrupt, maybe. but like he doesn't he doesn't even gonna take the money. So it's like the there is no consequence. It's the whole thing feels sort of like toothless. All of the fallout is emotional. Uh, but like, the performances were so strong. And so all of the emotional beats landed for me. And I think as we get to the, the close of the season and the series, I think that's also affecting me a little emotionally because of the journey we've been on. And so that that has, that has amps it up probably a little bit. Um, mm. As a conclusion of the arc, it feels weird because they're sensibly writing off a character, it feels like, but then you know, even if I didn't know there was another show, you're like, so now we're gonna just have like, two shows because you know they're not getting rid of danny craig danny craig (laughs) danny crane and danny craig is going nowhere so we're still gonna follow that but then are we still gonna follow these guys because we have like five episodes left so it it doesn't feel satisfying as an arc but at least there's like it feels very practice-y in the emotional kind of Trauma and aftermath—that is very practice-y, as we've come to find. Which that feels a little bit like home because <laughs> we we've missed it, right? It's it the humor was there, but it wasn't the point. It was there was actual legal drama ing happening. There was there was drama. There was witness standing. There was a court case, which is what we love about the show. So I think it was a really strong episode performances. The writing was pretty good, even though the motivations haven't really been earned for me. Uh. That's not really what we're adjudicating here, right? We're adjudicating this episode and I think it was the strongest of this arc, one of the strongest of the season. I'm going 878. 878.
0: Okay. Um All of that is true. Performances are great. Um I'm glad we gave everybody a chance, you know, everybody got at least a little bite at the apple. Mm-hmm.
2: Piece of the pie, finally. Please. Come on, use it. Uh, use a, a Turner frame.
0: Sorry, everyone got a little piece of the pie. Uh, Shatner was great. Um, you know I I like it when we're just about one thing. Um, but you know this. There's a but. This There's episode a but. and this arc left me a little cold, mainly because I didn't learn anything. Right. The ball moved forward from a practical standpoint in the sense that, like, okay, Alan's gone now from the firm. But I don't think the ball moved forward at all in terms of our understanding of the characters, the understanding of the motivations, the understanding of Alan, understanding of Alan and Eleanor's relationship, of you. It, it. All of this, everything that happened in this episode could have happened in, instead of season eight, episode 18, it could have happened in season eight, episode two. Right? The dynamic between Alan and Jimmy. Alan just created that. The dynamic between Alan and Eugene. Same thing. With Eleanor, we didn't learn why Alan is doing any of this. We didn't, you know, and I understand, like, even if the character doesn't know, it would be nice to feel like the writer knew. Yes, and I feel like the perspective of this episode, the perspective of David E. Kelly, is like I don't know why Alan does what Alan does. He's just really fun to write because he's he's really uh, he, he's you know, scamp. It's, it's really he's a scamp, and this whole season has been about ah, oh, look at that scamp. He's so cheeky. Let me let's just see what I can make him get away with and have no consequences for and you know and i i think it's just it's weakened all of our characters and and i i just like the firm it's you know eugene's talk about the firm in his closing is kind of the thing right the firm is what this is about and we stopped caring about the firm this season it's almost like these legacy characters, this whole arc has been our legacy characters saying like, hey, uh, we're we're still here. The show is supposed to be about us, right? It's supposed to be about, it's called The Practice. It's about this firm, right? Yeah, it's about but this it, practice. It, what's weird
2: is that it does feel like that should be true, but it's almost as if David Kelly and the writing team didn't see how meta it was.
0: Well, and, but, but not even about the show. It, the Eugene Young and Frutt or, or yeah, Young Frutt and Berlutti, whatever it is, deserved a defense in this episode. It deserved a a a, a defense, a, a a reason for being, a reason for fighting, a reason why that why the, why is it important that this gets defended? We didn't get a good defense. We got sort of eh, whatever, milk toast you know how much money should he have gotten in the settlement right we we in, instead of this big story about ethics and and the importance of the firm and the importance of the law and these relationships that were torn asunder and eleanor's place we got a minor argument about how big the settle the golden parachute should be for the for the white guy for the for the white collar criminal how big? How many millions should his golden parachute be to have no consequences for his criming? So, I, I, it's fine. Seven point six. I whatever. think.
2: I think the waste is that the arc that I thought we were gonna have was the oh my god, my best friend just fucked me, totally fooled me, used me. And and what is the fallout of that going to be on my next cases? Would have been awesome. I wanted to see that. How will it change him? How will it change his approach? How could it all? But we didn't get that. We went well, and and, yeah, and, and
0: and and what are we both saying? We're both saying this was set up to be this huge thing, and there aren't there actually weren't any stakes. There weren't legal states, stakes. The financial stakes were kind of like how many millions, whatever. The emotional stakes were sort of played halfway. Like nobody had any real stakes in this. It was set up as like the dun-dun-dun showdown for the series. And
2: there weren't any stakes. I think, you know, Keith, you said this about two weeks ago. Well, maybe it was last week. And I think you're right the more I watch. I think the feeling I'm getting is that this network was like, hey – here are your options, and David e. Kelly was like, "You know what, Denny Crane, Alan Shore, that's fun. I'm having fun. These are like you said. There, I can write them. Scampy don't seem to have any consequences. It Doesn't really matter. It's not about that. I've already flirted with that universe, with a with a more carefree universe in Ally McBeal. I'm gonna do that. And so, like, let me just like tie some loose ends, give some people some outs, give Jimmy a potential out, and, and get get this over with, and then start over." That's yeah, I've, like. I've got
0: this. I've got this new podcast about Deep Space Nine that I'm really excited about. I think it's. I think it's, it might have legs. Oh, am I still doing a thing about the practice? It, like it's. It's. It's like he's got senioritis. It's. Yeah, I mean, I. I don't know. I, you know, and I'm going to say this, and then we're going to all move on with our day because the, the dog's got to poop. But I liked this the first time around. I was on board in 2004. So. I understand that my eyes on it today are very different than they were in 2004. I was like, Alan, this is awesome. This is great. I can't wait to see the new show about Alan Shore. And it's interesting. I don't know if it's the times have changed or I have changed or television itself has elevated. It's it's just that my perspective on this whole deal is so different than it was than it was back in well okay, 2004. that's
2: I mean that's as we start to get close to the rap, that was part of the the whole experiment that we yeah. didn't actually bump up against as much what we ended up bumping up against I think one of our takeaways will be is like eighty percent is heck this holds up a lot of these legal yeah. problems and issues and solutions are still being dealt with are still in the zeitgeist and these performances yeah. weren't appreciated as much in their time and they're still. relevant today. But the other 10, 20% that we haven't bumped up much against is, oh, uh, television has changed. Our appetites for the way things are are portrayed is changing. Uh, And, and we haven't seen too much of that, but we've, but we're starting to bump up against it pretty hard here. Yeah. Well, and you know, and my
0: tastes are different. Yeah. And that, and we got old, you know, you know, I got old. So my, my tastes are different. So, uh, Folks?
2: You're, like, you're like an old
0: Chihuahua having to take the crap. Yeah, I'm like an old chihuahua old blind chihuahua with no teeth and back legs that don't work. I still gotta take a crap and I don't have a bidet, I just have a yard I'm trying to keep nice. But uh if you would like to help Mike pay for his bidet, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash k and m there's lots of fun stuff on there if you don't want to do that that's fine I understand I'm not joining you can email us at out of practice podcast at gmail.com you can find us on social medias at outofpracticepodcast on Facebook and Instagram. While well, you're on there, you're on the internet. Anyway, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts just for fun, just to surprise us. Add a little surprise to our day. Leave us a rating and review. We will very much be grateful for it. And Mike, now you make
2: mouth noises. You know, we've got other shows on the YouTube. You know, are you sad that the Out of Practice Podcast is going away pretty soon? But guess what? You can still hear our mouths flapping and talking. You can even mm. check out the Deep Space Nine podcast That is on your podcast feeds as well. It's not just a YouTube show, so you don't even have to look at us if you don't want to. Regardless, Keith and I still have issues. We're still going to be talking to the internet with nobody (laughs) listening. And if the bidet is not good enough, all you need to do is bend over and we'll shoot some audio laser sounds straight up that ass.
0: Oh, wow. I, I've been uncomfortable many, many times at the laser sounds you come up with, but that one was a particularly uncomfortable one. Laser I need to bidet off that image.